take a moment and turn to Acts chapter 3. I've also found it's good too sometimes to just listen to the word, to hear it spoken. Before I begin though, let me pray that we would hear God's word, that we would receive it well, that God would speak to us through it. Father in heaven, Lord Jesus Christ and Holy Spirit, Lord, we praise you for your word. We praise you that it still has meaning for us today. That even today, God, it still guides us in life. God, it teaches us how to live in ways that honor you, in ways that are good for us. Lord, speak again through your word that we might hear it this morning. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. So this is Acts chapter 3. This is after Peter has already preached at Pentecost. It says, One day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer, at three in the afternoon. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from, from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, Look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the man who was used, who used to be sitting, or sitting begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. The word of the Lord. Do you guys ever have those moments when you're driving by? Usually that's... I'm, Chris was talking today about how important it is that Jesus walked because he spent time with people. You can't go by too quickly when you're walking. But Do you ever have those moments when you're driving along the highway or when you're on your way somewhere and you see someone you know who needs some help, who needs a hand, and you're tempted just to keep on going. You're tempted to just look the other way and act like you didn't see him. Well, this last couple of weeks ago, I, I did. I resisted that temptation. I actually picked up a guy. Uh, on the way back home, and, and talking with him and asking him about church. I mean, I could tell he, I mean, I didn't recognize him, and I don't think he went to any of our churches. And, and I asked him what he thought about church. And it was interesting to hear him. And I asked him, you know, he talked some about church and institutions and all that, and not so much into those. And then I asked him about Jesus. What do you think about Jesus? He had some interesting thoughts, some stuff that I didn't agree with, but stuff that's pretty common. Um, but anyways, it was good, and I'm, and I'm glad that I resisted the temptation to just go flying by him. But I spent time, and I, I talked with him, and I asked him, and got to know him some. I'm looking forward to seeing him again and encouraging him in faith. See, if we're faithful, God will put us into the right place at the right time. Even things that seem mundane to us, like how could God possibly use this moment, he still uses them. See, it says Peter and John are walking up the temple or walking up to the temple at the time of prayer, that God puts them in the right place at the right time, that he uses them. Now, what's interesting to me is that the faithfulness of these guys. You see, Peter and John, Peter especially, he's the leader of this new movement. I mean, there's thousands of people who've believed into the name of Jesus by this point. He's filled with God's Spirit, and he's going to the temple, even the temple courts where Jesus was tried. 
where Jesus, even where Peter himself, betrayed him. So this temple is a hard place to go. There's all these things that could be keeping him away, and yet in his faithfulness, because of his devotion and his love for God, he's still going there to pray. And he meets this guy, this guy who's laying there begging. He and John walk by, and this guy says he's been lame since birth or crippled since birth. Think about that for a moment. Crippled since birth. Has not known one day where he's been normal. Doesn't have one day when he's fit in with everyone else. He's always been different. He's always been seen as different. He's always realized himself that he was different. And it's hard too because in first century Israel, to be crippled was a big deal. People began to ask, who sinned? What did this man do to deserve being crippled? Or what did his parents do that he'd be crippled from birth? You see, having a, having a defect or having a disability, having any sort of thing, any sort of blemish on you, put you outside. It made you unclean. At least in their eyes. I don't think that meant so much in Jesus' eyes. But it put you on the outside of society. You didn't have normal relationships. This guy's begging. He can't get a job. People won't hire him. They won't pay him. See, in a society that honors or that, that emphasizes honor and ability and appearance, he doesn't have any of those things. And so he has to beg. And it says that <clears throat> people brought him to the temple gate to beg. Now, the, the, the optimistic side of me hopes that that was some of his family, maybe his brothers, or maybe his father and his uncle who brought him to the temple to beg. The optimistic side of me hopes that's who it was. But the realistic side of me can't help but wonder if maybe, maybe he's older than that and he doesn't have those people anymore. Maybe he's brought to the, to the temple by people who use him because they know that he makes money. So they'll bring him for half of his take. So they show up at the end of the day. Do you want to go home? Then give me half and we'll take you home. We don't know the situation of how he gets there. But we do know that he has to come every day. Every day he waits at the temple gate as all these pious people go filing by him. Maybe some are gracious to him. They say good morning to him or good afternoon to him. They call him by name and they smile. Maybe some of them walk by and they're disgusted. They look at him and they sneer and they say, get a job. Or worse, maybe most of them just walk by and don't even notice. They barely even notice the cup, let alone the hand that's connected to it. You know, what's interesting to me is that this guy is sitting at the temple begging for money. It was surprising to me because this is the center of the Jewish world. This is the epicenter of the Jewish faith, the temple, the place where they believed God resided. And he's here at the temple begging for money. Now, I don't know, maybe he prays every day that God would heal him. But I can't help but wonder if maybe, just maybe he resigned to the fact that this is my lot in life. This is as good as it gets. So I might as well make some money at it. If he's given up, I don't know. 
I'm just surprised that he's here begging for money. It makes me think about some of the ways that people in our community, the people that we live around, maybe they've given up. You know, they've gone through life and things are difficult and maybe they've just resigned that this is as good as it gets. Maybe all life can really be about is the stuff I have or the success I achieve or the level of comfort I can make for myself. Maybe people just just give up. This is as good as it gets. Maybe I'll just try and make a living out of it. You see, it doesn't take very long in life before you realize that when you care, when your heart is in it, it's painful. This world is hard on us when we care. It's hard on us when we live out of our heart. When we risk our heart. When we dream about God's glory. When we begin to think about what things will be like on that day. As we begin to think about those things and we look at the world around us, it is hard not to feel pain and discouraged. And so oftentimes people just lock it up. They just push their heart down. Try to ignore it. Try to live at the surface of things. To live deeply is to experience pain. And they can't bear it. And so they close off their heart. And it's true, they don't feel much pain anymore, but unfortunately, they don't feel much of anything else either. God's calling us to be faithful. If we will be faithful, He'll put us into the right place at the right time. To be encouraging to people like Peter and John, to this man who's been crippled since birth. To be encouraging to our neighbors, to our friends, our co-workers, people who've maybe just resigned that this is as good as it gets, that we can be an encouragement to them. You see, when the Spirit leads us into these moments, we have to grab them. We have to watch for these moments and seize the opportunities. Be courageous and act and see what God will do. You see, Peter and John, as they were walking up to the temple, this man calls out to them and says, have compassion on me. He asked them for money. Have compassion on me. And Luke tells us that Peter looked into him. The Greek is literally, Peter looked into him. He didn't just walk by and glance at him and look away. He looked into him. He caught him with the eyes and he looked into him. Imagine what this was like for this man. Imagine what this was like that somebody finally looked into him. Acknowledging that he's a person. Acknowledging that he's really there. Peter looks into him and he says, look at us. He tells the man to enter into this with him. Enter into this moment, into this, into this, into this realization. Realize that you are a person. Remember again that you are a person. That both of us are committed or are created in this image of God. That both of us have value in the eyes of God. Remember the words of Isaiah that you are precious and honored in the eyes of the Lord and He loves you. Peter's speaking this just with his eyes. Just by looking at this man. 
He's used to people walking by. He's used to people going right by Him on their way to talk with God. And yet Peter speaks to Him. It's amazing. It's amazing what happens here. But the thing is, the guy still doesn't get it. He doesn't understand what's happening, nor nor do I think he even understands who he's talking to. Because he's still waiting for money. The text says he's still waiting for alms. And at that moment, Peter lets the cat out of the bag. It's as if Peter, Peter has taken the curtain and pulled it back. For a moment, we see a flash of the kingdom of God. We see God's kingdom at work here for just a moment. He says, silver and gold I don't have. But what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Here is Peter, this man who's been transformed. I mean, think about this. Peter, this roughneck fisherman who has become the leader of Christ's church. This deserter. This guy who who left Jesus when it counted most is now the leader of the church and transformed by God. Transformed by Christ. He's a new man. And he speaks these words to this, to this man who's been laying here day in, day out. Walk. Can you imagine what that must have felt like? Like cool water on a dry and parched soul. Peter speaks to him. Get up and walk. But here's the key. This is the clue that, Peter, that, we, that Luke tells us. Peter says, in the name of Jesus Christ, in His name, under His blood, by His authority, get up and walk. Not by Peter, not by what Peter's done or his faithfulness, or, but by Christ. In the name of Jesus, get up and walk. The point that Luke wants us to see is that this is the kingdom of God at work. For those of you who wonder, what is the kingdom like? This nebulous term of kingdom of God. What does it look like? This is what it looks like. This man getting up. This man being set free. Peter says, get up and walk. Come out. Come out of your prison. No longer are you held by, by being crippled. No longer are you held where you are because you can't walk. You've been set free. Come inside. Come into this relationship. Come be a part of society again. Come be in a right relationship with God again. This is the amazing thing that is, that is happening in this moment. When these moments come, we have to watch for them. We have to grab them. Seize these opportunities to serve people. To share and to testify this faith that we have. The ways that Christ has changed our lives. Because you see, if we do this, if we do this, the kingdom of God will burst through. The power of God will be at work in this world. Maybe people will be healed. Maybe they'll stand up and walk. Or maybe they'll just say, tell me more about this Jesus. I want to know more about Him. Here's the thing. This guy's life has been changed. 
Christ has healed him in his body. He is physically healed now. His life has been changed. Can you imagine what it would be like if you couldn't go anywhere unless someone carried you? No wheelchair to wheel yourself. If you want to go somewhere, someone has to carry you. Imagine what sort of prison that was like. No bars, no cement, yet you are still stuck. I mean, think about it. When you ask people for a ride, sometimes they feel put out just driving you in their car. Imagine if they had to carry you. (laughs) Imagine if people had to carry you. I feel bad for the person who had to carry me. And think about this guy. Now he's leaping and walking, praising God. Imagine the joy that he feels now. Can you imagine this? Can you see this man who was laying there moments ago? Now he's walking. And then he begins leaping and praising God. Imagine the joy that he feels. No longer is he just some begging cup with an arm attached to it. Now he's a person again. Finally, for the first time in his life, he is a person. More than just a disability or a label. He's a person. He can stand up now and look people in the eyes. Can you imagine how important that is? But here's the amazing part. Did you catch the part where it says he went into the temple with Peter and with John? It was his first time. The first time in his life he's ever been allowed in the temple. Because by Levitical laws, anyone with a defect was not able to come into the temple. So not only was he on the outside, not only did people think he was cut off, he probably thought himself cut off from God. This is the first time that he gets to come into the temple and he's jumping and praising God. Can you imagine the joy on his face? He's in the temple praising God, walking and jumping. Can you imagine the spectacle that he was? Can you imagine all the other pious people who just moments ago walked by him as he begins jumping and laughing and praising God? Imagine that in our church. Man, I pray for that. Imagine that. People coming in our doors laughing and jumping and praising God because that was their first time in here. Their first time here believing into Christ. It's amazing what's happening here. He's being restored to God. He's being restored. The kingdom of God is at work. If you want to see the kingdom of God, this is what it looks like. It reminds me of Isaiah 35. In those days, when God comes again, you will see, then the eyes of the blind will be opened. The ears of the deaf will be unstopped. Then the lame will jump like deer. And the mute tongue will shout for joy. This is our hope. In this story, we who believe in Christ, we see just a glimpse of our hope, of what this kingdom looks like, of what it will be like one day. I get excited just even thinking about this. If we will act, if we will act courageously, if we will go and if we will speak to people, God will do this. The kingdom of God will be at work. The power of God will burst through. The kingdom will be present here in places that we never imagined.
and if we're faithful. When the kingdom of God is here, people will take notice. People will see it, and it will begin to break up the rocky ground, even the rockiest ground. I think of the parable of the four soils, and that rocky ground that you throw seeds on, and they wither and die. Even this rocky ground begins to get broken up, and becomes ready for seed when, they, when people see the kingdom of God. Though they may try to deny it, try to say, it, oh, it's luck, or it's just the universe smiling on me. The truth is, it's the kingdom of God. It's God's work in their life. The thing is, these people, there's the, the crowd that were around them, they saw this. It says they saw what happened and they were amazed, the people who were in the temple. Can you imagine that? Moments ago they passed him and he was lying there. Now he's leaping in front of them. Moments ago they walked by him. He was, he was lying there begging and now he's praising God in the temple. And they're confused. It says they were amazed and astonished. We see this and we see God at work. We know the story behind the scenes. That this is God at work. This is Christ working through Peter. But they were just astonished. And it struck me. That's all they were. They were astonished and amazed. They hadn't made the connection yet. They hadn't connected this man being made well with Jesus. Peter will have to preach to this. He'll have to go and explain it to them. And we'll talk about that next week. Sometimes I see this in our community too. I see this in the lives of people around us. They too need help connecting. Making the connection between God's blessing and Jesus. How often I, I talk with you and, I, and we talk together and we talk about, you know, I'm, I'm serving this person and I'm, and I'm doing things and I'm uh, helping them with their house or their yard. And I have to wonder, like, do we have to, I believe we have to make connections for people. Serving people. Quietly serving them and, and is a good thing. It's the baseline. If we don't serve people, then they'll never believe us. They will never trust us and they won't care what we think. But I'd also say we have to go a little bit further. We have to serve and help and then look for opportunities to make the connection for them. I mean, not that we're just doing this uh, to try and get them to believe in Jesus, but that but they have to see that we love them because God loves us. That we're there helping them and caring for them because God has changed us. He has made us into new people. We have to make the connection for people. I was thinking about this. I, a few weeks ago, I was uh, a friend of mine, a, a guy, this guy that I know, I was walking by his place, and I saw that he needed some help. And I'm, I'm walking by. I've got somewhere to go. And this part of me is like, you need to stop and ask him to help, or ask to help him. Oh, I've got you know, tons of stuff I'm trying to do. I'm trying to wrap things up here before I go on holidays. And... But anyways, I still went. And I went and talked to him. I said, can I help you with that? And I've, got, I've got to go right now, but I'll, can I come back and help you with this? He said, yeah, sure. And I knew his back wasn't very good. And as I left, I began thinking, you know, how am I going to make a connection for him? How am I going to be intentional about talking with him about Christ, about things that matter just beyond the job that needs to be done in his yard? You know, not that I'm going to go and preach at him, because most people don't go for that. I know myself, like it doesn't go well when people try to tell me what to think. But to be intentional, I thought about, you know, I'm, I would ask him about this 
stuff I'm working on in my sermon, I ask him what he thought about it. Or I ask him what I've been reading lately in Scripture. You know, to go and ask them, what do you think about this? To begin conversation. To be a friend. There's a saying that one of my uh, teachers taught me. He said, no one cares how much you know until they know how much you care. That we care for people. But out of caring for them, we also get a chance to talk with them. To ask them, what do they think about this Jesus that we follow? Or this church that we're a part of? Because the service is good. Serving people. Being a blessing to people is good. We have to do that. If we don't do that, then nothing else really matters. Or much, very little matters. But if that's where we leave it, hoping that someday they put the pieces together and realize that we're doing this because we love God and because we love them, if we're going to hope that they put that together, we might be disappointed. We have to help make that connection. We have to look for creative ways gracious ways to make that connection with them. If we will be at work, people will see the work of God. They will see the kingdom of God and they will be amazed. But we have to help them make the connection. I pray that you hear God speaking to you this morning. I pray that you hear God's spirit speaking to you. Be faithful. Faithfully follow God. And he'll put you in the right place at the right time. As Ray talks about it, divine appointments. These appointments that God has set up with you to go and be a blessing to people. Sometimes it means serving someone. Sometimes it means taking a couple hours out of your day to help someone. Sometimes it means just listening or praying with them. But if we will do this, God will be at work. Watch for these opportunities and grab them. Resist the temptation to just keep walking. Resist the temptation to just, to just try and convince yourself I'm too busy or, or I wouldn't know what to say anyways. Resist that temptation and spend time with them. Look for opportunities to share this faith that we have. That they too could know this Christ in their lives. They could know this joy that we have. Because God will be at work. God will be at work in this and people will see the kingdom of God and the rockiest soil. Even the hardest people with the hardest hearts will still be broken up when they see the kingdom of God. I know this is a risk for you. I know this is risky to talk with people about faith. There's a risk that they might laugh. They might mock us. There's a risk that people might be angry and storm off. But I'm saying it's a risk worth taking if we care about people and we want them to know this joy that we have, it's a risk worth taking. Listen to God speak. Listen to His Spirit. Be faithful. Faithfully go to the places where He's calling you to. Look for the people that He's calling you to speak with, to encourage and to help then help them make the connection between the ways that you're serving and this Christ. Listen to God's Spirit and do these things in the name of God. Amen. Take a minute. Listen to what you've heard. Listen to God's Spirit. Open yourself up to this. And then we'll pray.
living and triune God. Lord, we praise You today. We thank You again for Your Word that You have spoken to us. God, we pray that we would be faithful. Help us to hear Your Word. Lord, help us to be faithful that You put us at the right place at the right time. That in that, God, we would be courageous. That we would encourage people. That we would share our faith with them. This joy, this life that we have found. God, for their sake, that they might know You too. Lord, make us courageous. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.